0: Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, Chad, here we are again, trying to understand the purpose of life from the Book of Ecclesiastes, and we got a lot to talk about today, don't we?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this continuation of, especially in the in terms of wealth, yes, and the vanity of it and the emptiness of it, and I think it's very, um applicable to our lives today uh, it's been applicable always obviously it's the word of god but mm-hmm. we live in a society that seems to be very driven by success especially in wealth yeah absolutely and uh, i think all of us can fall into that trap at times
0: everyone is prone to falling into that trap i'll say it that right. way and especially you know I, when you said that it, it really my mind went straight to like how uh, the internet has just opened up mm-hmm. like so many ways for people to make money uh through you know YouTube or all kinds of these different ways. And so like on one sense it's like there's no excuse for, you know, people living in like industrialized nations who have an iPhone mm-hmm. to like not be doing something productive with their time. Yeah. And and yet the trap has been opened up and it's even that much easier to mm-hmm. fall into like the, the the chasing wealth trap. We'll call it that, yeah. you know. And so um as we see clearly in the book of Ecclesiastes and particularly in our text today you can have everything that your fleshly heart could possibly desire, but you could still be lacking the ability to enjoy all of those things. Yeah. And so let's get into our text right away and, and we'll kind of tie back some of the revolving themes that we see in our section today to where they've previously been stated. So... Uh, Why don't I read the first five verses, Chad, and then you read the last four verses? Because today we're in chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. All right, here we go. Verse 1 says, There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind. A man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him the power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity.
1: Even though he should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good, do not all go to one place? All the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? What does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? Better is the sight of the eye than the wondering of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind.
0: All right. So we see here in our section that Solomon is making an observation. In the first verse, he says, I have seen under the sun. Right. Mm -hmm. So keeping in line with the theme of this book, Solomon is in a sense looking out over his life. Right. And he is recounting all of the observations that with wisdom he has been able to see throughout Mm -hmm. his life. Again, if you haven't been listening to our podcast series called What is the Purpose of Life? I would really encourage you to go back, start the first episode because we are walking line by line, verse by verse through the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book is essentially trying to figure out what is the purpose of life. And Solomon, the great king, the most wise individual other than Jesus himself that ever walked the face of the earth, had all the resources. Yeah, He lacked nothing yeah. materially, spiritually, mentally. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing he was lacking spiritually was... He had sin. Yeah, I mean the guy. The guy was with it, as we'd say in California. He he had everything he could possibly desire, and yet he was empty. He mm-hmm. was empty, mm-hmm. and so he's recounting these things that he observed, whether they be in his own life, like he starts out in chapter two discussing, or in other people's lives. And so here we see a man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, but that man doesn't have the power to enjoy them because God kept that from him. Now, Mm. this is an interesting thing, Chad, because if we go way back in chapter 2, in verse 24, 25, and 26, we see a division uh, amongst Mm -hmm. people that there's two categories of people, right? There are those who, in the words of Solomon, please God, and there, there are those who are called sinners. So those who please God would be people who are by grace, through faith, saved. They're not doing anything necessarily to please God in and of their own strength, right? Because we know the Bible teaches that there's nothing we can do in and of our own strength to please God. Mm -hmm. Our righteousness is filthy rags, according to the prophet Isaiah. So Solomon uses this term to distinguish believers, And then he uses the term sinner to distinguish Mm non-believers. And what he says here in verse 24 through 26, he says, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in all of his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. That's in chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. And so we see here in chapter 6, in verse 2, this man clearly is not a person who mm-hmm. pleases God. Yeah. We know that because those who please God also have this thing called contentment and gratitude. Yeah, Now, they're not always content, or they're not always full of gratitude, but it is something that is characteristic of a life of a believer.
1: Well, and, and Solomon really points out this dichotomy of between the here and now and in the eternal. He really does it in a way that you might miss at first when he talks about the stillborn. You know, for it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness name is covered. Moreover, it has not seen the sun, known anything yet. Speaking of the the stillborn, mm-hmm. it finds rest rather than he, even though he should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good. Do not all go to one place. We, we don't have to get into it right now, but the theology would show that there would be grace for the stillborn to find itself with the Lord, mm. right? Whereas this person lives, you know, two lifetimes or a thousand years, right. you know, twice over, yet to only find himself in death, mm. right? There, he's speaking to the eternal reality. Don't both go to the same place. Yeah. Eternity. What he's implying there is the stillborn would find himself rest with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But even in eternity, this person still finds no rest because it would be an eternity apart from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the the reason why the things of this life never produce contentment or rest is because those things in and of themselves apart from a relationship with the Lord are empty. Mm-hmm. And we already... Are living in death apart from Christ now. Ephesians two would tell us that we're dead in yeah. trespasses and sins. Right, and death would be what we find eternally apart from Christ as well in mm-hmm. hell. Right, mm-hmm. that's the reason why Solomon can say all these things about all all possessions and everything. It's nothing within them have any eternal value. It's they, so good. They don't go anywhere. Yeah, right. That's so good. And they have no life now because you're not connected eternally with the eternal God who created you either.
0: Right. You know, that reminds me of two things, like number one, John the Baptist, when he's talking in, in John chapter three, he's talking about the ones who believe, uh, in the son of God, you know, will be delivered from the wrath that is to come. But Mm -hmm. those who do not believe the wrath of God remains on them, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's really, really revealing about the current status of our existence, right? Mm -hmm. Big news flash for, for everyone. This whole thing called time and space is currently experiencing the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Like, not in its fullness, obviously. Mm-hmm. If we read Revelation, we'll see that. But sin is here because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and God cursed the ground, cursed right. the whole creation. Right. So that's like number one, right? That's kind of something that you brought up. So like people who aren't um, believers, mm-hmm. right? They, yeah, of course, they're always searching but but none of this none of this leads to eternal life nothing here apart from christ leads to eternal life mm-hmm. nothing here apart from christ can even come close to the same effect as the the mm-hmm. pleasure that comes from worship of god you know and then the second thing that i thought of um i actually totally forgot
1: <laughs> well <I'll, laughs> so go ahead I'll jump in. I try to figure it out <laughs> when you were speaking of john the baptist another place we see the same ideas in john chapter 4 with the woman at the well we talked mm. about this earlier yes where She's coming to this well. To give you a little background, she's a Samaritan woman. She's living in sin. She's had multiple husbands. The one she's living with currently is not her husband. She's in the middle of the day, at the heat of the day, which would indicate a shame because that's the time of day when no one would be at the well. So she's not coming early in the morning, in the cool, or the evening where it was normal to come gather water from the well. There'd be all you know, all kinds of women and people there getting water. So mm. she comes in the middle of the hottest part of the day because she wants to be by herself, which shows her shame of her sin. Mm. And she meets Jesus at the well. And he makes this statement because he talks about how um, she'll continue to be thirsty, but he can give her a water that, that would help her quench her thirst. Yeah, He says in verse 13 of chapter 4, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again the water that i will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so he's turning the conversation from material to spiritual. Mm. Right? Obviously, when you're hot and sweaty, you need water to drink, to live. But you always need more water. Whereas with when it comes to our eternal state that we're we're always trying to fill that void, that hole that some people call it that God-sized hole, mm-hmm. right? And Christ satisfies that. He satisfies the wrath of God. He satisfies mm-hmm. the punishment on the cross that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life because his righteousness gets imputed upon us. He's the perpetuation for our sins. He He takes the punishment so his righteousness can be credited to those who believe in him. And we get sealed with the Holy Spirit. We get eternal life, mm-hmm. right? And we get made whole in that moment. Yes. And that's what he's saying to the woman at the well here, that, listen, don't focus on the the things of today. And he goes on to talk about her husband's. Like, don't focus on finding your hope in a, a relationship. Don't focus on finding your hope in mm-hmm. just meeting your needs. Don't focus on money. Don't focus yeah. on things of this life. What you really need more than anything else is a relationship with God, and I can, I'm the only one who can give you that eternal life.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I just thought of... Um the Garden again, the Garden of Eden. And you know, there's like an assumption, as it says here in ver- in our section today in verse six, even though he should live a thousand years twice over, right, which is hyperbole for mm-hmm. you know forever, right? Is right. another way of saying that. Yet he would never yet not enjoy good, do not all go to one place. Like everything in in, in this life here on earth, right, is uh unsatisfactory, mm-hmm. it's passing away, right? Like that's what the word habel means, yeah. right? And there's, there's an assumption that like, if we just, you know, if we could like live longer, Mm -hmm. right. Then, then we would enjoy, we'd have more time to enjoy this life. And like, that's a faulty assumption to make, right? Like. If we live longer here, we're just going to experience more of the suffering and and <laughs> and unsatisfactory nature of all right. the things, vain things that are here.
1: Right.
0: And so, you know, I, I was I was reminded of the garden. You know, like when Adam and Eve sinned, God says right before He banishes them from the garden, He says that He needs, you know, if they reach out and and grab from the tree of life and eat of it, they would live forever. And like, even the grammatical thing there is like a dash, you know, it kind of cuts up, cuts off and he goes straight to action. But the idea is there's like, they could live forever in their sin and be eternally cut off from God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he banishes them from the garden in an act of grace and judgment. It's, Mm -hmm. it's perfectly balanced there, you know? And, um, we've mentioned this before in this podcast, but like the whole transhumanist movement, their stated objective is eternal life. Right. Yeah. That would be horrible. Right. You would not want to live eternally here without God. Right. And this book proves it, you mm-hmm. know, that would be a horrible thing. Like that would be the worst possible thing ever. Right. And yet man in his pride thinks that that's the best possible thing,
1: you know. You see that in movies too, all the time. Even Even a lost person seems to understand that deal. This is going to sound funny, but have you seen The Jungle Cruise with the Rock in it? <laughs> it's a new Disney movie. Okay. It's based on the ride. It's actually pretty well done. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones meets they get this curse, right? And he's been living for like a thousand years. Yeah. Right at this point. And he it's revealed like he's trying to find this tree because he just he just wants to be done. Mm. like he doesn't he doesn't want to live any longer Like he's he's seen everything he's lived through a bunch of stuff and he's just tired Mm -hmm. and it's like isn't it funny how even that idea of living forever which he is he doesn't want to do that yeah
0: (laughs) It, it really does stretch our understanding um because we can only understand things in the passage of time Mm-hmm. Whereas God is not bound by time and eternity for all we know is not either, right? Mm-hmm. There's no time in eternity. It's it's the continuous like presence, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, it's a constant in the now, you know, there's no passage of time in eternity. Like right. one does not grow older in eternity, you know? Right, right. So we don't have like, yeah, you, if we're thinking about it as a passage of time, we would get tired of it, but it's not that it's the continual being in the presence of God mm-hmm. now. Right. Uh, I, I'm not even going to try to quote, but C.S. Lewis wrote a really good quote on eternity. And um, if you guys out there listening are familiar with C.S. Lewis, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to try to quote it. Mm-hmm. But the point is it, that he kind of tries to convey is, is it, there's no passage of time. And so, yeah, I mean, if we're trying to live forever, if the goal is to live forever, but it's here and now, we're going to be forever chasing the carrot on the stick like we've talked mm-hmm. about before in, in this yeah. podcast series. And in verse 7 here... Solomon is making another allusion to that. He says, all the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied, Mm -hmm. right? Which is to say, you know, we toil, we work really so we can eat food and have shelter and clothing. I mean, if we have those three things, like mankind is going to be, his basic needs will be met. And so that's essentially the basis for us going to work, right? Mm -hmm. In our fleshly, you know, understanding of it. Um, and, you know, again, going back to a section that we have harped on quite often in this series, but it's extremely important is chapter three, verse 11, where, where Solomon says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And again, that word eternity is the Hebrew word alam, which means concealed, a vanishing point, always or literally eternity. Mm. But the idea is that man is perpetually chasing a vanishing point when it comes to understanding his life. And apart from knowing God, one will never satisfy mm-hmm. his desire to understand. He'll never be able to truly know it. That's what Solomon's really getting at when he says he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Yeah, Like we have all of these theories about how the universe was started right the big bang theory there's multiple universe theories there's parallel universe theories there's like all of this crazy stuff and like you know the stereotypical like you know atheist agnostic scientist is like so confident you know Mm -hmm. like there's always like well we have a, a margin of error but we're quite confident right it's like dude you don't have any idea, mm-hmm. right? How do you know your entire system for measuring the universe's right. time length isn't flawed in the first place, right? Yeah. Like your right. mind is broken, bro. Like you're sinful, just like I am. Like we need God, right?
1: But it's a longing for eternity. Indeed
0: it is. Right? And
1: that's exactly what it says here. Yeah.
0: God has placed that in mankind's heart. We know that we were not we're not all we're supposed to be. We know that we are we are worship machines, whether or not we express it in that language or not. Right. Yeah. We know that we're constantly searching for the next best mm-hmm. thing. Look, if you're a marketer, that's how you make your money. You mm-hmm. know that that's that's inherently in every human being. Yeah. You can always say the right things to get them to buy that thing. Right.
1: right. But in the eternal perspective, that's which is where Paul, where um, Solomon's speaking from. You read verse seven a moment ago, and I'll pick up in an eight and nine. But he says, "For what advantage has the wise man over a fool?" And what does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wonder of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. I love that question. Mm. What advantage has the wise man over the fool? And, and he's speaking right after he gives that analogy of the still, stillborn or the man who lives for thousands of years, meaning death is imminent, eternity is imminent. So, okay. You're wise, you're rich now, but you both die. Naked you came in the world, naked you go out. What advantage do you have?
0: You remember how much that that pain
1: Solomon in his heart (laughs) in chapter two, he was like so distraught over that. What advantage though?
0: Why have I been so very wise, he said.
1: Right. And it's such vanity because it's only a temporal advantage. Yeah. Temporary because in the end, everyone dies. And, you know, I think we should stop and
0: talk about that. I know we're going over time here, but we should talk about that for a second because, yeah. you know, we have people in the addiction program mm. and we have people who also suffer with, like, severe depression and yeah. anxiety and things. And, and and you know, even from my own life, like, I used mm. to be, like, the guy and kind of guy who was like, I'm going to live fast and die fun. I'm going to party freaking hard <laughs> because nothing matters anyways, you know? Right. And, and that is such a flawed way of thinking because, like right. you just said, eternity is imminent. And as we're going to get to in a couple of weeks, you know, Solomon says... Mm. God is going to judge you. Mm-hmm. You are going to stand before God. Right. And you will have to give an account for what you did with your life, right? right? And and that's why it matters. Whether or not you believe that it is irrelevant. Right. Like there is a purpose to life. Where we are right mm-hmm. now is not the end, okay? It's it's one portion. Right. right? There is an eternity both for those who believe and those who do not. And those mm-hmm. who believe in Christ, who put their faith in Christ as their righteousness, which is to say, their their um, their merit before mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. okay, their, their their rights, their basis for a right relationship to their Creator. Right. Those who believe will spend their eternity with God, mm-hmm. experiencing His grace, His mercy, His love, His joy. All the 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 things that one would want to experience, right? Mm-hmm. Those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, those who do not um, put their faith in Christ as the basis for their right standing before God the Judge, they will mm-hmm. not experience anything positive coming from God. They will only experience perpetual wrath, right? Because of the decision that they have made, right? God is going to hold you responsible. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. For those theologians out there, okay, we, I know the sovereign gospel. I understand that God is the one who initiates salvation from beginning to end. I get that. However, we have to make a decision at some point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> what is the decision you are making? Right. You know? So, so that is the reality. And so bringing it back to, to the point, if you are one who is in that mindset of, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to live and drink today for tomorrow we die,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Think again. Right. Like, understand, you Mm -hmm. may be being deceived. You are being deceived.
1: Right. Well, there's a reality and there's a hope in eternity. I'll start with the reality. Truth is true whether or not you believe it. Give you an example gravity is a fact and a truth. You may believe that it doesn't apply to you and you can fly. However, if you go out and jump off a 10 story building, you will come face to face with the reality that you're wrong <laughs> right you Indeed. will you'll fall, you will fall <laughs> to your death right yes whether or not you acknowledge that before that point or not i give that example to say eternity is not void or nothingness eternity has a truth to it yes whether or not you acknowledge it as such the one that has the there's nothing anyway so i'll just party it up and then i'll die mm-hmm. is not believing in the reality of a eternal god who is true and that there's an eternity to answer for mm-hmm. whether in heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. It's true whether or not you believe it. However, there is a hope because the truth is every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Christ is lord Philippians Philippians 2 whether you believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Even the demons believe and shudder James mm-hmm. tells us, right? So that's a reality. So you should really wrestle with what you believe about that reality. But for those that would believe in Christ and believe in an eternal God and put their faith in his son who sacrificed so that we could be brought back into a relationship with him, there's an eternal hope Mm -hmm. which also gives value to the here and now. Mm -hmm. Right? So those who chase the things of this world without acknowledging God have hopelessness now and forever, whereas those who would put their faith in Christ have contentment now because they are in relationship with God now and forever. Mm-hmm. So everything gives greater meaning, right? Mm. So the chasing, the success of money no longer becomes chasing after the wind or vanity. It becomes stewardship of God's mm-hmm. possessions and a tool to advance his kingdom in the gospel. It brings worth yes. and, and, to purpose. That, and purpose to that. And contentment in whatever God would allow you to have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It brings value to your work it brings value to your relationships it brings purpose to everything Mm -hmm. because god is what brings purpose and hope to everything because he is the holy creator that's that's wonderfully that makes sense that's wonderfully said so the idea of the gospel is not just about death but it's about now as well right it brings life now we can worship in spirit and truth now the abundant
0: life. Yeah. The, abun- the What Jesus truly meant by the abundant life right. is everything you
1: just said. Exactly. That is it right there. Mm-hmm. That is it right there. That's where Paul can say, I'm content in everything, right? Philippians mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. And he can say in Philippians 1, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm here, it's to advance his kingdom. If I'm gone, it's to be with him. Either way, it's good.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll end it there. Yeah. We thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project Podcast. If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment Follow us on Facebook. Check us out on our website at tnproject.org. If you'd like to see this podcast continue or this ministry expand, feel free to click the donate section of our website and get involved financially. Thank you all, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project Podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.